Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Beth is a 41-year-old teacher who comes in today for her annual physical exam. She is generally healthy and has no medical issues. Beth reads the health columns in magazines and online, and she knows that there are a lot of screening tests she should be doing on a regular basis. However, she tells you she's confused about breast cancer screening. She thought she should be getting an annual mammogram starting at age 40. But some articles have said that you can start at different times and that some even say you don't need them every year. She asks why you want to have a mammogram and how soon should she be getting one. Isn't it good to find cancer early? Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today to discuss mammography screening is Alan Ehrlich, associate professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and senior editor at Dynamed. Alan, thanks for bringing this forward. Thanks, Frank. So we have patients with many questions about what's the correct interval for uh, breast cancer screening and when they should initiate that screening. Can you tell us what the best data is currently for women aged 40 to 49 regarding breast cancer screening? So the data is somewhat murky. It depends upon how you interpret various aspects of it. One of the uh, groups that has looked into this is the uh, American College of Physicians, and they recently issued some guidance after having reviewed seven different guidelines many of which conflict with each other. And the areas of conflict have to do with what age should you start and whether it should be annual or biannual and whether the benefits outweigh the risks. Among the groups that have concluded the benefits don't outweigh the risks include the Canadian Task Force. And actually, the ACP in their final review felt that for most women, the benefits don't outweigh the risks and women generally should not be getting mammograms between 40 and 49. Other groups disagree. The American, uh, the American Cancer Society recommends starting around age 45 and discussing at age 40. The American College of OBGYN says that starting at age 40, there should be a shared decision-making discussion. The National Comprehensive Cancer Network recommends just starting at age 40 with no uh, discussion of shared decision-making. Wow. So quite a bit of confl- conflict between 40 and, and 49. Um, what about at 50? What, is there any consensus once we get to 50? Yeah, at 50, the consensus seems to be generally most women should have screening. The age at which that tails off varies, but uh, between 50 and 55, probably annual screening is best. And after 55, uh, biannual screening probably balances the uh, risks of screening with the benefits. And that, that's part of this. And if you go back, you know, your question about at age 40, 49, what does the data show? The data shows that there is limited benefit and there are definite harms from the screening. At age 50, those benefits start to increase uh, to where they become significant. But, you know, you get almost the same amount of benefit 
from every other year screening as you do from every year screening with fewer false positives and other adverse uh, effects. Can you talk a bit about what the risks of breast cancer screening are? Sure. The risks of breast cancer screening include the fact that most women who have breast cancer or even uh, ductal carcinoma in situ are going to undergo treatment. They're going to undergo some type of surgery or radiation. Uh, many will ultimately have chemotherapy. And you, th there's substantial morbidity to all of that. Even if you don't get diagnosed with breast cancer, having biopsies or uh, the anxiety related to having uh, a false positive on the mammogram can be very disturbing. There's some studies that show that women who have been called back and said there's an abnormality on your mammogram subsequently have lower uptake of future screening. And so you know, these are real psychological impacts that happen and, of course, the physical effects of having cancer treated. And now you might say, well, okay, isn't it good to treat cancer? But the problem has to do with overdiagnosis and overtreatment. So it sounds to me that the con best consensus of what you presented is between at least 45 and 50 and maybe even 40 and 50, we should have a good informed consent discussion with shared decision-making as the outcome regarding breast cancer screening. Would you, would you say that's true? I, I think that, that is true, and I think shared decision-making makes sense. I would say based on the analysis by the American College of Physicians, their conclusion was that for most average-risk women, the benefits don't outweigh the harms in that age group. And it is important to, talk, to, to emphasize, we're talking about average-risk women. That means not women who've had a family history of breast cancer, not women with some genetic mutation, or if a woman has had chest radiation. All these would be women who are at increased risk. But if you're talking about average-risk women, there probably is not a lot of benefit of screening at that age, in that age range. I think that's really important information, and I think the fact that the ACP a relatively conservative group have come out and said, you know, for average-risk women, screening with mammography is probably not beneficial and may cause more harm than good. It, it really has a very strong impact on, on practice because I think we have um, a group that would traditionally side with possibly more aggressive evaluation, taking, a step, taking us a step back and, and saying, begin this process at least at 50. You know, when you talk about the data, there is no data that supports a decrease in overall mortality from screening in that age range. You might get some benefit in breast cancer mortality, but you don't get overall mortality, and that's part of why you know, the sense is that the benefit is limited. All right, so let's talk about women after 50. Um, what should be done with regard to screening, and does, does that include a clinical breast exam? So there's no evidence that a clinical breast exam actually makes a difference in uh, morbidity or mortality for women. There may be a slightly increased risk, uh, sorry, slightly increased rate of detecting breast cancer, but it's not clear that those wouldn't have been detected in a reasonably similar time frame anyhow. And so most groups are either silent on uh, clinical breast exam or indicate that it doesn't have benefit, and that was the conclusion that the ACP had reached as well. The other issue for women over 50 is when do you stop screening? And generally, it, the ACP concluded around uh, age 75 makes sense, or w women who have a life expectancy less than 10 years. Most of the other groups focus on the 10-year life expectancy uh, metric. Um, 
How about self breast exams? Should we be teaching that to women? No, we, you know, Frank, we've taught that to women for years, and there's no evidence that that helps. It increases anxiety and it leads to a lot of unnecessary tests and procedures with no uh, demonstrable benefit. So you mentioned lots of extra tests and procedures. Um, that brings to mind the term overdiagnosis. Can you tell us a little bit about what overdiagnosis is and how we as providers can maybe lessen it? Sure. Overdiagnosis refers to the detection, in this case, of a cancer that would not otherwise become symptomatic during a woman's lifetime. And we're familiar with this in prostate cancer, where many men on autopsy will be found to have prostate cancer that never uh, affected them. And the reality is that overdiagnosis is a similar problem in breast cancer. Depending upon estimates and how often mammography is used for screening, aggressive screening with mammography can lead to overdiagnosis in uh, over 20% of cases. Now, how do we know that? Well, you look at, again, have you made a difference in mortality? And have you made a difference in the rate of advanced breast cancer that's being detected? Any kind of screening program will find more um, early stage cancers. And the problem is finding an early stage cancer may be the least aggressive kind, the kind that was never going to bother the woman in the first place. And so that's the problem with any kind of screening approach. There will always be overdiagnosis from detecting the more benign cancers that never would have uh, arisen. And uh, this is uh, obviously a problem in breast cancer screening. The, the goal of every other year screening instead of every year is to try and get the benefits of screening while minimizing how much unnecessary uh, small cancers are picked up. Well, Alan, thank you. I'm so glad um, you've d brought this case to forward to discuss, and I'm so glad the American College of Physicians have taken such a strong stand on this highly, uh, this commonly discussed topic that we have with our patients. Thanks, Frank. Again, I, I do think they've added a lot of clarity to the situation. Practice pointer. You shared decision-making before age 50 to discuss the pros and cons of breast cancer screening, and after 50, consider mammography, not self-breast exam or clinical breast exam, as the key approach to screening for breast cancer. Join us next time when we talk about the influence of recreational marijuana on hospitalization rates. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.